but because they chose a certain selection of passages, the Lord is moving a different way. So don't get mad at me. <laughs> when you turn to 1 Corinthians, the 16th chapter, and the 13th through the um, 16th verse, it'll actually be from the 13th through the 18th, but right now we're just going to um, read verses 13 through 16 as printed in the program. When you have it, say amen. Still need some time, say wait a minute. Amen, y'all faster than I am. 1 Corinthians, the 16th chapter, 13 through the 16th verses, read as follows. It says, be alert, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. Verse 15, Brothers and sisters, you know the household of Stephanus. They are the first fruits of Achaia and have devoted themselves to serving the saints. I urge you also to submit to such people and to everyone who works and labors with them. The title of this sermon is as follows. You ain't the boss of me. You may be seated. You ain't the boss of me. At um, years ago, years ago, I was working with a certain lady um, she was around my age, and um, we were working side by side um, until the day that um, my manager decided to promote me to a supervisor. And we never had problems before that. But then when I asked her to start doing things, um, she just wouldn't do them. Uh, very blatantly, I say, can you please do such and such? And she basically told me, no. No, I'm not going to do it. I don't think it's the right thing to do. And so this eventually played out. Um, talked with other managers, they all agreed with me and what I was trying to say, that she was not correct, um, didn't matter. It eventually went to HR. And with HR, you know, you can't, you know, in California, you can't just get rid of people like that. You gotta, you know, there's a whole process. Um, and um, this was several meetings with HR, and the one that finally did it um, was it when HR um, asked her again, why um, don't you listen to your boss? And this lady replied, I don't see him as my boss. This is on record. 
she doesn't see me as her boss. I say that because, you know, I, I don't know why, you know, I don't know if it was a perceived difference in intelligence. I don't know if she just couldn't get past us having worked together for so long and now I'm higher. I don't know if it was this thing here. I really don't know. But she just flat out decided that I was not the boss of her. And I say this because, you know, some of us laugh at this story, but when it comes to certain people in our lives, let me make it a little more personal. When it comes to certain people in this church, my bad, I'm sorry, this, this is not meant for St. John, this is for, for somebody else. Imagine a church where people ask people to do things and they just defy it. Imagine a place where you want something done and people just tell you, no, I'm not going to do it. Because you ain't the boss of me. And so the question that we actually have to answer nowadays is this. Why should I listen to someone who isn't my boss? This is a real question. <laughs> Why do I have to do it? You ain't the pastor. Why I got to listen to you? No, this, 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 that's all right. I'm not expecting amens and hallelujahs. I told you I didn't pick this scripture. I did not pick this scripture. I say this because this is the type of issue that Paul was dealing with the Corinthian church. Now, most of us um, remember the Corinthian church for all these different types of issues. They had, you know, immorality running through the church. Uh, they didn't know how to dress. It was a, it was a whole uh, a bunch of things. But actually how Corinthians starts out, and this is the problem in 2 Corinthians 2, is that the Corinthian churches had a fundamental issue with authority. If you read the first few chapters of 1 Corinthians, it is addressing an issue in authority. You have people in the Corinthian churches who said that, hey, I, 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 I'm, I'm of Paul. I, I'm of Paul and and others were saying, well, well I'm of another prominent minister, minister, Apollos. You know, Apollos is my pastor. And, and then you had some people say, well, well I'm not, uh, uh, Paul ain't my pastor. Apollos ain't my pastor. I, Jesus is my pastor. Oh boy, that sounds too familiar. Let me keep moving. And so when Paul... Is, 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 um, is, is finishing this letter, he is calling for unity in the Corinthian church. He is calling for unity and for things to be unified, for things to be in order, uh, there has to be a delegation of authority. There has to be structure in place. That is how unity works. 
And, and so this is where uh, Paul is coming. He's in, in chapter 16, he's, he's, he's talking about uh, organizing an offering to take back to, to Jerusalem, to the church in Jerusalem. But, but in, the, in the middle or right after he's talking about that, uh, he's, he's, he's uh, reaching out to uh, uh, the Corinthians about Timothy. And, and Timothy is a young boy. And, and we know that if the Corinthians already had issues with the big dogs, oh, they were going to chew this little dog up. And so Paul is saying, Get, hey, receive Timothy. Receive him. Don't, don't run him out the church. Don't, 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 don't eat him up. He is good people. He's here to serve just like I served. And then he talks about Apollos and how Apollos uh, uh, didn't want to come at that time, but, but, but he would want to come later. And again, what Paul is trying to stress is that people that are talking about, oh, this, I'm, I'm from Paul's church and I'm from Apollos church. We on the same team. This is what Paul is, is trying to get at. There is unity. There is there's a, 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 a brethren. We are brethren in Christ. This is not a competition. This is not about who's got more influence in the church. This is not about who's more powerful, who's got more followers. This is not about that. We are servants of the Lord God. And so with that, this is where verse 13 comes in. He says, be alert. Stand firm in the faith. Paul has given his goodbye. Be alert, stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Some, some versions say, you know, quit you like men. And, and the reason it says that is because the word uh, used um, in, in, in the original language was kind of like saying man up. Uh, uh, that was the, in, the, in that language, that was their way of saying be courageous. Uh, be courageous, that was the implication. Be courageous. It applied to men and women. Be courageous. Be strong. And if you read verse 13, be alert, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. The, the ushers would already know that this sounds like soldiers. This is soldier talk. This is what you talk about. Uh, uh, this is how you describe people who are going to war. That they've got to be all of these things. But verse 14 even though you're tough as a soldier, even though you're going out there, verse 14, do everything in love. What Paul is saying is be tough on doctrine, but gentle with people. And the church has a history of doing the complete opposite. <laughs> we, we, the church, we like to be tough on people. You know, and then gentle with doctrine. You know, church, we like to rip people up. Make sure they know who's in charge. Make sure they know what's going on. Make sure that, that they, they know they ain't the boss of us. But then when it comes to what we believe, we kind of Be tough on doctrine, but gentle with people. 
And so for our ushers to march with courage into the future, being courageous, being strong means uh, 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 while doing everything in love that you are tough on what you believe. You don't shake because of the times. We don't change our beliefs because of what's going on around us. We don't, we don't adjust things to make, make the word fit uh, uh, more toward us and make us feel better. We are tough on doctrine. Oh, but with people, we are merciful. We are gracious. We understand that people uh, mess up. And we do not compromise our standards. However, we are gracious, just as our Lord is gracious with us. And so with this thought, with this thought of being courageous as you're facing the future, Paul thought of someone uh, named Stephanus. And, and, and let, let us read on uh, verse 15. Brothers and sisters, you know the household of Stephanus. They are the first fruits of Achaia and have devoted themselves to serving the saints. And this is what Paul is asking to, about, uh, 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 to the Corinthians about this uh, family of uh, the household of Stephanus. He is saying to the Corinthians, I urge you also to submit to such people and to everyone who works and labors with them. Paul preached respect and unity all in one sentence. These are like-minded people, Paul is saying. These are brothers in the faith. These are people who have put in the work who have shown themselves to be Christians, who have shown themselves to be for the cross of Christ. Submit to these types of people and to everyone who works and labors with them. They're not the pastor. But, 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 but submit to them. They're they, they not the leader, but, but respect them. Because these are like-minded people. I say this because our ushers are not pastors. Oh, Lord. This is the part where I... Don't worry, I'm going to stay right here just in case I need to... Our ushers are not pastors. But if they ask you to do something, do it. I'm going to say this one more time. The ushers are not the pastors. However, if they ask you to do something because they put in so much work, because they, 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 they toil behind the scenes, because they're like-minded faith, because they serve you and me, because they are doing these things. If they ask you to do something, 
Mr. Hooper is at the door. And she's holding the door. Y'all know the usher trick, you know, hold the, hold the door with the, you know, the, hey man, I watch y'all, I watch y'all. If she's holding the door, don't try to open the door <laughs> and talk about, well, I need to get in. Wait! <laughs> if, Lord, if, I, I, this ain't my, I didn't choose this scripture. If Brother Smith <laughs> asks you to rise up, Rise up <laughs> if you have the ability. Please don't give Sister Hunter attitude. <laughs> if she asks you to pass something down, please don't give Sister Lee a hard time. If she asks you to just move over a seat or two. These people work behind the scenes to make sure that you and I experience God a certain way. And I know some of us are saying, well, what about the deacons? What about the mothers? And when I say deacons, I mean deaconesses too. What about the mothers? Amen. I would speak about them, and it applies, but this is not their day. It's the usher's day. <laughs> Submit to such people and to everyone who works and labors with them. Okay. But this still doesn't answer the question, why? You know, right, right now, it seems like the answer is because I told you so. But even Paul has a, 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 a more of an answer that's, that's going to come up. Um, so as we look at verse 17, he says, I am delighted to have Stephanus. Uh, I love these names. For Fortunatus. And Achaicus. Now, <laughs> this, I, this is a sidebar. It's just one of those things when you read the word, it's just you, you learn things. Fortunatus looks a whole lot like what? Fortunate. Okay? That's what it means. If, they, if, that, if Fortunatus was alive in America, his name would be Fortunate. And uh, y'all know we do the same thing. Y'all heard of people named Destiny? Charisma, grace. I have a cousin named Faith. You know, it's just it's just interesting. And then Achaeus, Achaicus, and uh, Achaia is actually the region, or we could call it the state, more or less, where Corinth is. So we have somebody named after a state. Amen, Virginia. Amen, Georgia. 
Amen. One of my, the, the lady that comes sometimes, Carolina. Amen. There's, I've heard of Dakotas and Arizonas. Amen. So I just, it's just uh, things like that. It just makes, a, you know, the Bible kind of pop out, you know. Um, I'm delighted to have uh, basically Steve, Fortunate, and Callie present. Because these men have made up for your absence. Remember, Paul is writing to the Corinthians. He's writing from Ephesus. He's sending a letter to them. Verse 18. For they have refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore, recognize such people. Recognize such people because they're refreshing. And in fact, that's where we're going with this. Why should I listen to someone who isn't my boss? Because they refresh you and your boss. Do y'all realize that if the ushers weren't here, there's a whole lot that I would have to figure out. I'd, I'd have to come and, and try to figure out how, how, how certain things work out. And, 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 but, but the ushers take care of that. You know, I'm not the one that always has to bring somebody, oh, oh, oh you can sit over right here, you know, stop the sermon. No, they take care of that. I don't have to say, hey, I'm praying, I'm praying, hold on, hold on. They take care of that. And those are just some of the things that we see. But the ushers are refreshing to the pastor because they serve uh, the pastor and the congregation. They help out. They're good to have in the church. They're helpful. In fact, that word refresh uh, y'all know the, uh, the scripture that uh, Jesus says, you know, come to me, all you who are um, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The same word. The ushers, quite honestly, give me a break. And they give you a break, too. How many times have you asked for a program? Some of us don't want to get up <laughs> and go get a program. Thank God for the ushers. Some of us, when going to a new church, don't really know which way to go. Thank God for the ushers. In fact, even when you are, are, are going to a new church, really the first people you should be greeting are the ushers. The ushers set the tone. The ushers extend a, a friendly and, and helping hand. Amen. And I'm not trying to say the deacons don't do nothing because they sure do. I'm not trying to say the mothers don't do nothing because they sure do. But today is ushers day. <laughs> and they are refreshing. They help out. They are good for us. 
And so when people are good for us, when they're asking us to do something, realize that they are asking from a place of goodness, that they want us. Uh, They want the best for St. John. They want the best uh, for other churches. They want the best. And the best thing might be for you to move out of that favorite seat of yours. Just, Just a couple seats over. The best thing so that the service is not interrupted is that you just wait outside just just one more minute, one more minute. They help out. Why am I getting at this? The supreme example to us Christians should be Jesus Christ. And, And quite honestly, Christians should be the most respectful people on the planet. Why? Because if we say we are Christians, we are followers of Christ. If we are followers of Christ, we do what Christ did. Do y'all realize that following God the Son, Jesus, following God the Son means following God the Father? Oh, Lord, here's a theology lesson. The Son does not do his own will, but the will of the Father. He and the Father are one. What the Father wants, he wants. So obeying Jesus Christ and the things that he has shown and, and, and stated is, like, is exactly equal to following the Father. It, 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 amen? Okay, I'm just making sure. I'm, not, I'm, re, I'm reviewing. I'm trying not to teach. I'm just reviewing. So if we're following God the Son, do you realize that we are following God the Father? Yes. Why? Because God the Father may not be speaking directly to us, but he may be speaking through his Son, through his Spirit. So when we follow directions from uh, 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 Jesus, we are following directions from God. It is doing the same thing. Why am I saying this? Because even though we should be following Jesus anyway, Jesus earned his name. I'm going somewhere with this. Jesus, even though he was God, could have just showed up and said, everybody needs to listen to me. He had the authority to do it. He, he, he had the backing to do it. He could have done it. He had the power. He had all of it. But Jesus, instead of holding on to his equality as God, as a thing to be grasped, he emptied himself and became in the form of a bondservant. That means he came to this earth and was born as, uh, uh, through the Virgin Mary as a baby. And he grew up and grew in wisdom and stature, and he lived for 33 years and went to the cross and was crucified for your sins and my sins. And he was crucified and he died and then he was buried. But on the third day, Jesus got up with all power in his hand. And so that's why Philippians says that because of this, God has given him a name that is above every name. 
that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Why? Because he put in the work. At the end, he said, all authority has been given to him on earth. Before he started talking about, go ye therefore. That's, the, that's, that's that verse prior. Because Jesus put in the work. We should be following him anyway. Because he's God. He didn't have to put in the work. But he decided to be an example for you and for me. Because he said, even though because of my position you ought to respect me, you should respect also because of the work I put in. And that's the example that he set. So if we follow Jesus because of the work he put in, we should also recognize others because of the work they put in. And, and see, when you realize, when you think about Jesus and the work he put in, he is refreshing, man. Do y'all realize Hebrews talks about this? If Jesus didn't come, we, I'd be asking for lambs and goats from all y'all. We'd have to prepare it. Deacons would be real busy. We'd have to prepare a sacrifice all the time. But thank God Jesus died once and for all. Do y'all realize that before Jesus, that, that, that there was just, it, it just seemed like there was just no hope? That, 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 that sometimes, even though for those that didn't know Jesus, for those that didn't know the scriptures, that, that, that there just seemed, no, seemed to be no way that they can get to God. But because of Jesus, the, the path to God has been made easy and plain. That's refreshing. Because all of us who are heavy laden, we can go to him and he gives us rest, refreshment. And we recognize him because when we fall in love with Jesus, we realize that it truly is the best thing that we have ever, ever done. We feel prote protected. Uh, we never feel disconnected. It is the best thing that we have ever done. And for those of us who walk in the light, who walk with Christ, you know that, that, that morning by morning, new mercies, you see. I, I'm, not, I'm not that old, but even I know that. Even I've seen new mercies. My wife is here pregnant. Day by day, morning by morning, new mercies. New mercies. Something I ain't seen before, mercy. I see. Let me move, let me end the sermon. Aretha Franklin made a iconic song in 1967 and it was called Respect. Now, some of us know that Aretha Franklin did not 
actually create the song herself. Um, it was Otis Redding who actually you know, made the song. Um, and and um, that song was more about a husband wanting respect from his wife. Well, in the middle of all of the 60s and everything that was going on, Aretha took that song and flipped it and talked about a woman getting respect from her man. And it, and it, and it um, you know, was the anthem for uh, you know, women's empowerment then and now. But when um, Aretha wrote this song, I mean, someone asked her, you know, what, basically what was behind respect? What was behind this, this song? She said, you know, this is something that the average person needs. Respect. The average person, not just the president, not just the pastor, but the average person needs Respect. And I say that because it doesn't matter <laughs> who is the boss. Respect them. R-E-S-P-E-C-T them. Anyway. Respect the position, and especially if they are in the church and of like-minded purpose, especially if they are doing the best they know how, we ought to respect them. We ought to be the most respectful people on the planet. Everybody should look to us to know what respect truly is. See, this applies not just to me as the pastor. And in fact, let's even go outside of church. What does this look like for any kids that might be listening to this? This applies to your substitute teachers. Y'all know, I know y'all were good kids, but I've seen, you know, when the substitute teacher comes in the class. You know, the main teacher's gone. The, the disciplinarian's gone. Well, they run that substitute teacher out. Tears and all. Respect your substitute teachers. Respect your substitute parents. I'm not expecting amens. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. They are in charge of you. Your substitute parents might be a stepdad, stepmom, might be a grandma, grandpa, uncle, aunt. Respect them. It doesn't mean that you do anything unholy or allow unholy, anything unholy to be done to you. But when they ask you to go clean your room, go do it. Okay, move on. This is, not the, this is not the crowd. It sure enough means your boss at work. You may not agree with the things that they are saying, 
But because they are your boss, you ought to at least respect them as your boss. It does not mean you do anything unethical. It does not mean you do anything illegal. However, if you think that it's a stupid idea to write that report and your boss says, I want you to write that report anyway, you do it. This, this, I'm staying behind this pulpit right now. Respect your nurses. I'm going to go behind here. Maybe your primary care physician ain't there. And now you got your secondary care physician. You know some of us will write them off. No, I, I asked to speak to the doctor. I don't, I don't want no nurse. Okay. I should have ended the sermon a while ago. I know. Ministers. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Well, pastor ain't preaching, so. And I'm going to tell y'all ahead of time. I'm going to be out of preaching from the second Sunday up until Easter. I'll come back on Easter. I'm giving y'all advance warning. Oh, Lord. Some of us say, whoo, that's my month off of church too. I'll I, I come in. If I come to church, I'll come in when I come in. Next Sunday, the deacons are going to start leading the service. Oh, Lord. Pastor, the one that leads the service, what they're doing telling me is devotion period. We ain't got no devotion. Lord. It doesn't matter if he or she is the boss. R-E-S-P-E-C-T them anyway. I know I'm supposed to have ended this, but I want to put one more bug in your ear. Y'all know the big boss is watching, right? Right? Okay, let, let's, let's, let's go back to the other examples. Y'all realize <laughs> uh, youth, kids, if you Run your substitute teacher out. Your main teacher's about to come back, right? And they was trying to take some time off. They needed a break. That substitute teacher was refreshing for her or for him. And now you done messed with their refreshment. You know what a teacher can do to you in class? Oh, Lord. Don't listen to your nurse if you don't want to. Go on, do what you want to do. But they was trying to save your life. And because you didn't listen, 
Come on now. And, and y'all realize I get a report of what happens when I'm not here, right? <laughs> I, I, I understand what happens, right? But even, even beyond that, I'm not the highest authority you have. It's the Lord God. And if the Lord sees you treating the substitutes like trash, disrespecting the substitutes, not showing up for the substitutes, writing them off, do do y'all realize the big boss is watching? That all of this matters? One day you'll want to be the boss. One day you'll be the boss. You know, things have a funny way of just come, coming back on you, you know? Respect them anyway. It doesn't mean you do anything unethical. It doesn't mean you do anything illegal. It doesn't mean you go against the Lord because the big boss is still watching. And us leaders have to give an account for what we do and what we teach. So don't, don't, don't we're not going to skip that there. But understand that at the end, we must all give an account. And God is going to judge your level of respect, not only to the pastor, but also to the deacons, to the mothers, and to our courageous ushers.